time is it? Oh man, are we on the air? It's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. This morning, <clears throat> doing my vocal exercises in the shower. I, I didn't know if we were on the air. Uh, I guess we are. This is Andy from the Andy Demandier Show, coast to coast, live from uh, Hollywood. We will be live from the UK, I think, when Amanda gets on board here. She's having some internet issues. This show is and I are connected to each other. Well, yeah. Amanda and I are connected to each other <laughs> uh, through the internet. We have never met, folks. It's pretty cool. We This is show number I think the total amount of show from coast to coast has been 300 and some, and Amanda and I have done most of those together. I think she joined the program in July of 2020, and we were five days a week for a while, and it got to be so much work. We had to cut down to three days a week. and uh, But still, uh, nonetheless, we have done hundreds of shows together. It's been fun. We entertain all sorts of guests from all sorts of walks of life, exciting guests from the movie and television and entertainment industry to the sports industry to human to life and spirituality and you know, sex and romance and all all topics. We don't left leave anything go here. We at least we try not to. Nothing is scripted, there's no agenda plan, there's no course of action that we get together with before the show and say, Hey, we'll cover this, this and this. It doesn't happen on the show. We just kinda go with whatever we whatever's on our mind at any given moment that it just happens to uh, fall into place, you can join the show here. Join the conversation. Join, hey, at least me, because Amanda's not here yet. And at least enjoy me. Enjoy, enjoy hey, enjoy me. You know, uh, join me um, by calling 515-605-9888. Here to take your calls, Block Talk Radio. Our website is andydemandashow.com. You can also email the show at Andy and Amanda Show at gmail.com. It's great being with everybody here today. Hope everybody had a really, really good uh, good uh, weekend. That's what it is. I can't believe it's another Monday already. Christmas holidays are approaching fast. Oh, my goodness. I just can't, you know. It's unbelievable. You know, it just, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Christmas spirit. Anybody have Christmas spirit yet? Anybody have it? Hmm. Well, if you do, if you do... Uh, I'm not blaming anybody for that. Thank you, Dick. No, either am I. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, Dick Nixon, pops in once while, has a comment on the show. P- pleasure to have uh, have him on uh, board with us from time to time. I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, but we're able to reach out into the into the universe. And, con- you know, we've had this great interview with, with the former president not, not long ago. Maybe we'll rebroadcast that again someday soon. And um, But you hear about it, but... Uh, we have all sorts of people comment on the show, from from Dr. Ruth to Ronald Reagan to Alfred Hitchcock to John Madden to Donald Trump, and it just goes on and on and on. Only on the Andy and Amanda show, as they say. Um, I was going to suggest something to Amanda, but she's not here to suggest it to. So, um, you know, uh, what was I going to say here? What I was going to do was uh, play a tune um, here 
from um, that was recorded here in our Coast to Coast studios, actually, by a um, a young emerging talent, a singer songwriter out of Austin, Texas, who I had the pleasure of meeting here, um, and by the name of Natalie, huh, on, Natalie Moore, Natalie Moore, and uh, I heard her sing at a at a kind of a folk acoustic singer-songwriter showcase I'm involved with here in the L.A. area. Uh, and she uh, was there one night when I was there and uh, heard her sing, and um, she was visiting family. And it was just unreal what she got up on stage and sang. It was Unbelievable. Just, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, what I thought I might do um, is play a tune uh, that we recorded. I brought Natalie into the studio and said, hey, have you ever – have you ever made a record, a CD, a demo, or, or been out performing? And, and the answer was no. Uh, and um, I was like, well, you got to come to the studio. Then we, we got we to gotta do something because, you, you're, you know, let's just put a demo together of some sort because you are uh, quite talented. And when I see somebody, well, I'm not, and that's my main gig, as most of you know, or if you don't, you know now that my, my actual real job, my real job when I'm doing this is I'm an acoustic finger-picking blues folk music player. I'd play all sorts of alternative acoustic uh, music from from various uh, genres, from Celtic to blues to folk, alternative tunings. Like my, you know, I've been, it's been noted that I'm a cross between like Leo Kotke and Hot Tune and Chris Smith or David Bromberg, somewhere in that world, John Prine, Bob Dylan kind of in there. I figured, you know, I got into this. I figured, hell, if Bob Dylan can sing, God damn it, so can they. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, um, but I've been doing that for a really long time. That's my main. That's my main gig. And uh, when um, you know, I see somebody who's emerging or talented, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I just in me to to go out and, and try to create opportunities for them. That's what it's about. So uh, you know, I guess I've been going on about what I'm doing about the the talented Natalie Moore for so long that maybe I should just go ahead and uh, cut to a tune of hers right now. Why not? Because uh, it's just me, and we could do that. You know what I'm saying? So here is Natalie Moore with a uh, rough demo we cut of a tune called "Better Than That." I'm trying so hard 
I can say. I hear that, and 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 she looked marvelous. I and mean, she looked. She, let me tell you something, my darling. It's not important how you feel. It's just how you look. And she looked. Well, enough said. Anyway, no. She's, she, yes. You, hey, that sounds like it's said. That's something like a call from Hawaii. Holy mackerel there. Whoa. Indeed hey, it is. How you doing, hey, man? Hey, Andy. Great, well, great. okay. We we survived the big storm last weekend and and yeah, all yeah, the we, power outages. We we talked about that. Cornell and, and Amanda both were saying, I wonder how Jet's doing in Hawaii, because, of course, it was worldwide news, what was going there in Hawaii with all the weather. How did you fare out? Well, we had a couple of days of uh, dark days because uh, ran out of power. They, mm-hmm. The power went out, and uh, that means no Internet. no. And then finally the phone went out uh, last Monday. And hmm. uh, and I said, heck with it, oh, I can't sit here in the dark. So I jumped in the car and went up to town so at least I could get a couple bars on my phone and do some Kitty, buy some kitty supplies and everything, and I I rolled back home just as the power came back on. So. Oh man! But I had wow. one friend who called me on Thursday, and he said his power had just come back. So, mm. tough times. What <sighs> crazy? You well, know, sounds, was, sounds like we have Amanda unusual. joining us. Sounds like is oh, that Amanda good. just? Yeah, because Chet doesn't like talk. I mean, he doesn't want to talk to me. But much rather talk to Amanda. Of course, I would. I don't blame him. I, I'd do the oh, same. Yeah. Amanda, are you with us? Are oh, you with Amanda's us? Amanda's putting together our huge hit. I, Amanda, are you there? Hmm. We can't hear you. If you're showing on board here, but you're not coming through. Try again. Try again, babes. Hmm. My partner hmm. in hmm. internet talk radio, Amanda Love, is is going is having some internet. Hello. Hello, hello. Whoa. Ow. 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 That hurt. That hurt. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow. Wait, I got to take my headset off for a second and clean up my ears. Hold on a second here. (laughs) Oh, Charmin. Yeah, don't forget to get that floss all the way through there, Annie. (laughs) Hey, Chip. my man, how you doing? Aloha, Amanda. Aloha, sweetheart. It's so good to hear your I'm, voice. I'm, I, I'm, I'm dry. You're dry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who's wet? <laughs> um, well, we were talking about the one. big storm last week and a half ago. Oh, oh, that sounds. Um, oh, well, I hope it wasn't a dangerous one, was it? Well, it it actually was because it means the wind's coming from the other direction. Normally, I have a 13,500-foot mountain that Ooh, keeps hurricanes oops. and all that garbage from hitting us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the way. Yeah. But the wind was coming from the opposite direction, so it was coming straight up the slot and whipping the trees and taking out power lines on the west side and... and but it's oh. all done now. Till the next time. And, uh, <laughs> Until the next better time. Better than tornadoes, I guess. Yeah, God, of course. Terrible. Yeah, I've heard about that. Kentucky, right? They said Kentucky tornadoes, something. There's some sort got of the worst, oh, I they guess. were. Yeah, you, yeah, that was uh, devastating. I mean, uh, one one tornado. Uh, There's a bunch of them, but one one made a trek 200 miles across the state of of Kentucky 200 miles. that wow that 
That never happened. Tur- turn uh, uh, Amanda, turn down just a little bit. Turn your mic volume down a little bit. You, you kind of okay. you're you're, peak, you're you're peaking here. Ooh, okay. Let me see. Let me see. Not, not that I mind when, yes, yes, but anyway. Um, okay. it's always, is that, not only is that, that but the yes, entire, better, yeah. The, yeah. The, the tornado alley is, is moving eastward into more populated areas due oh. to yeah, climate change. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And some people say, oh, climate change, climate, yeah, well, come on. Uh, folks, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of waking up that needs to be done, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. But oh, my goodness. Well, it's devastating. I mean, entire towns were wiped out. I mean, leveled, flattened. There was a great big mm. Amazon warehouse that, that, that was torn apart. It killed the six employees. Um, and they thought oh, there was a big candle, candle company there that they thought that 90 lives were taken, and they found that not to be true. Of course, there were some lives, but, but four or five, they thought the whole factory was, was demolished, and the 90 people they well, reported the that missing were dead. Well, the candle factory, they're saying, was 40, 40 dead. Yeah, that's yeah. They came out uh, just recently and said uh, that uh, six, you know, ends up just being six, which is still too many. I mean, I mean, you know, one, one but you know, and a hurricane. I remember not a hurricane, tornado. I heard a tornado once, and it sounds like a literally does. You keep hearing this description time and time and again. Every time one comes nearby or it's a witness that's, that survived to be able to tell about it, that it literally yeah. sounds like a freight train. It literally. Sounds like a train. That's exactly what it sounds wow. like. Wow! Like, like a train coming through town. It gets louder and louder and louder, and then suddenly, if you if you you know get into the middle of it, you might actually get sucked up get sucked up and end up in this land of uh, midgets and and colorful oh, flowers and yes. wicked witches and nice witches and beautiful castles and. Oh, I've heard and, that. And a wizard, and, right? And a, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, according yeah. to that documentary from 1939, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they all passed afterwards, apparently, as well, didn't they? <laughs> all the midgets. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. Wow, that's, that's scary. I mean, we, we don't get anything like that here in the UK. We've had, like, mini tornadoes. You see them hmm. sometimes sweeping across the fields. But there's nothing mm-hmm. ever big and dramatic as we you see in in um, the US. And so oh, yeah. well, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> you know, I see it in the movies. You know, I see I hear it on the news, and I'm just like, whew, I'm glad I'm not near that because it must be scary. I, a friend of mine said said it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought. I thought. I thought growing up. I thought growing up when a tornado comes by, that that's what where you ended up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It's on its way to pick you up now. Where are you gonna go? No one knows. It's a I haven't changed. I, I haven't changed my beliefs ever since. I'm still, you know. Oh, the innocence yeah. of childhood. May it never disappear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I know exactly I, what I you mean. I heard not. Hmm? Yeah. I thought I heard a tornado when I was a real uh, young kid in Southern California. and But it was really one of those big, giant locomotives, steam locomotives. 
when oh. going by oh. behind the house. <laughs> <laughs> you, my 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 sister has a house outside in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I mean, you know, nothing happens there. I mean, it's like not, nothing happens there. And um, a tornado came by and it, it took a tree down that landed on their roof. And this years ago, uh, and it, it made it made the it made the the uh, the front page of the newspaper in the community it was the picture of the tree on their the roof of their house. But the kids were all woken up, all scared in the middle of the night, and and my sister and her husband at the time they they. All got up and they heard this freight train coming through and bam, this tree landed on the roof and it was very scary. Nobody got hurt in that uh, tornado, but it was uh, it did wow. touch down. We're outside of Philadelphia in a very populated area. That was years ago, but yeah, um, Chet, what you're saying is, is right. And and as a pilot, you know, especially during during season and and tornadoes and those types of storms uh, tend to be mm-hmm. seasonal. And there's an alley that typically is almost like a an above-ground tunnel, if you will. It's like an alley, and we call it thunderstorm alley in the aviation world. And, uh, and quite often when you navigate and fly down there and do your approaches and departures, you're, you're going around these cells. These cumulus clouds, some develop into thunderstorms, some don't. But it's typical to have that type of, of activity, you know, where you get the you know, fronts are converging and a, a lot of unstable air. And, you know, a, a tornado in itself is nothing more then a very well, it's nothing more. It's actually pretty major. But what it is in, in uh, meteorology is a very condensed, low-pressure system, um, on onto its own, onto its own. You get these swirling winds and low pressure inside the tornado, high pressure outside. This thing just barrels through, um, and, and destructive means. And of course, they rate the uh, tornadoes in terms of categories one through five, I believe it is. One time, I had a departure out of. As a matter of fact, it was Father's Day. I'm going back now. I'm going to date myself. Father's Day, 1989 or 90, 91, somewhere, but somewhere in there. Um, we had a departure out of Chicago to Detroit, and it was pretty turbulent taking off out of Chicago, and the two of us were, were sitting there, you know, playing, put the plane on autopilot for the departure. And uh, we had a bunch of passengers in the back, and we're climbing out like a bat out of hell. You know, we weren't too heavy. And suddenly we got slammed down like somebody picked the airplane up and dropped it on a basement floor. I mean, it was bam. And I'm strapped in. I took my shoulder harnesses off, my seatbelts on. And my head about it just barely hit the top of the, of the, of the ceiling of, of the, on the flight deck. Wow. And we, we looked at each other and we looked at, we have, you know, very compl- complicated and very, you know, very significant uh, weather detection systems on the aircraft, you got to call our weather radar and so forth. And, and we, we looked at that. We're playing with knobs and pushing things and, and switching things. You, there's nothing here. There's nothing that would depict any precipitation, which is what bounces back on your radar. It's precip. So then we talked to air traffic control. We talked to Chicago departure and said, hey, you know, you, you paint any weather that we're not picking up here? Is there a cell here or something that we're not getting? And they said no. And we, when we got to, and we were like, and the passengers in the back were like, whoa, what the hell was that? And, uh, and, and we said, <laughs> that's what we said. We, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we got to uh, Detroit. We went to, uh, to a flight ops there in, in Detroit and looked at all the uh, returns and the weather maps and so forth and found a, two tornadoes right in our departure path. And what we had concluded is that we went right over the top of one, and we got sucked, bam, you know, right, you know, it's not going to plane traveling at 250 miles an hour into it, uh, if you're flying over it, that is. Um, but it will pull you in, bam. And we just got, you know, you, you go to the top of it in a, in a heartbeat. You know, that's how fast you're traveling. But, uh, yeah. but we, the, the, but the, I'll never forget 
I mean, imagine being in your house, just sitting in the in the in the living room watching TV or something, and and this great big hand picked your whole house and dropped you on cement. Boom, just drop you flat on cement. Wow! I can't I, I can't just. But I've I've been in significant turbulence. I've flown through, unfortunately, through through you know not not destructive thunderstorms, but thunderstorms, and have been in snowstorms and lows of clear air turbulence, which is just as bad as anything you can't see. And so I've been through a lot of weather in my aviation career. I'd never, ever experienced anything like that. I mean, it was, I could, you know, anyway. But tor- it just gives you, right. give you a, a feel of what tornadoes are. I mean, whoa. Yeah. 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 You know, I, w- I went through something like, I went through something like that when I was uh, getting my private pilot mm. license. So you and know what we I mean. Were flying back from mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. in east of Aldemont, mm-hmm. and we were coming back over Aldemont Pass, which is where they got all the <laughs> windmills stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and we were coming up over Livermore Airport, and then going to take a right turn to Buchanan Field, and mm. all of a sudden, we started losing altitude like crazy, yeah. and wow. I ended up putting it in a full, you know, full power climb. And we're mm. still like dropping 500, 750 feet a minute. Jeez, because the air density and that downdraft in a in yeah. a Cessna 150. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> that was scary. Isn't it scary? Yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. drive us right into the ground. But then yeah, it's, of, you know we got past it and poof. Yeah, out of out of out of nowhere, suddenly you're just like. You know, I, uh-huh. I've been in thunderstorms where the up and down drafts will take the airplane up a thousand feet and down a thousand feet in a heartbeat. I mean, just you're climbing up like an elevator, like you're shaking around, mm-hmm. like you're, you're bumping and it's turbulent. Your you know, plane's bouncing all around. It's very, it's, it's you know, nothing's going to happen. It's just an uncomfortable ride. I mean, something can happen if it was a more, if it was really, you know, full blossom. Closer to the ground. <laughs> yeah, or or we were only, we were only at yeah. three thousand when we got started getting sucked oh. towards the ground. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! So was, but but these special. these up and down drifts can uh, can exceed mm-hmm. you know a thousand feet uh, uh, you know in a, in a few seconds in a couple in seconds a few, yeah. yeah yeah in a couple seconds a thousand so if you're, you're one of the appreciation for how how insignificant we really are doesn't it though oh That's yeah when you're level. up it really does it really gives you a perspective when you're up there in in the weather in in which has been there for ever since the earth was formed in in the atmosphere and you're flying around it really does and it when you think about it philosophically you're like hmm whoa you know and you look down at the ground and you're like which I really kind of never gave this much thought till now but you look you look down at the ground and and it's like god the ground formations in the sky has been here like forever since the beginning of time and here we are participating in it Hmm. Do you, do you wow. remember the book, Chet? Do you remember the book uh, way back when called Jonathan Livingston Siegel mm-hmm. about the seag- about the seagull who uh, philosophized? I guess that's the right word. Flight ex- experience of flying itself just couldn't believe the seagull was he just enamored with with the with flying, you know. And uh, I guess I felt the same way at the time until you start doing it for a living and you're up and down, which is great. It's a great job. Not not knocking it. A lot of pilots out there, a lot of my friends are professional pilots. Um, but uh, but for me, I felt kind of like, just for me personally, it was more like being a limo or a bus driver up and down, back and forth. And up. And I just I just wanted to, I felt like mm. I had more to, I felt like I had more to offer to the world by playing Kumbaya. 
That's like what my mom said to me once. She said, "She said it was about my band in college." She said, "Well, you know, this music thing is really nice, but what are you really gonna do?" Mm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. What? A lot of people have that really yeah. so with their children and stuff. It's just like they don't take music seriously. It's like uh, a passion thing that should be, you know, just kept as a passion a lot of the time, which is quite sad, really. I guess because from their experience, they've they've seen how on the outside, you know, how it's hard to get into that type of business and. You know, you've got to be something special. It kind of makes you wonder if they have faith in their kids to actually, you know, be that and believe in them to achieve that. Um, I don't think they should dampen their dreams like that. That's, you know, just my my view. And I, I would never tell any children, don't, don't pursue music, you know, don't do this. If you believe that you can do this, go for it. And if you fail, you, you learn something valuable from it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 uh, I think you, they were just disappointed that I was such an underachiever in everything no. except music. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes down to all families are different. What kind of background they come from, the hardships they've had, and you know what they've experienced. So they just want the best for their kids at the end of the day, don't they? You know. Um, so yeah, I understand a Corporate it. executive, like yeah. my old yeah. man. Oh. Yeah, my- my, my father was a very well-known, uh, you know, pioneer physician in pulmonary disease and research, and he lectured around the world, and he practiced very well respected. Um, and uh, he told us when we were very young, very little, because you think, you know, you, your dad's a doctor, you're going to go into medicine. So many of my friends whose dads were doctors, they go into medicine. Their dads were lawyers, they go into law. Uh, not not across the board, but it happens a lot. And... Um, so there was a period of time when I thought, you know, in my young teens, that that's what I was going to do. I was going to, you know, I worked, I worked in my dad's lab for summer jobs, and, you know, I thought I was going to go into to medicine. And uh, but he told us, first of all, I, I, I hated school and academics. So there's no way I would have done it. But anyway, um, so uh, he told us at a young age uh, not to go into medicine because he predicted what we're seeing today in the 60s. At socialization of medicine, he said these people with master's degrees who've never touched a patient or probably maybe, maybe never taken an aspirin outside of a headache uh, are making medical decisions for patients, and they've got business degrees, and we, we're physicians. And, and the socialization of what's going on, the practice insurance, he predicted everything that we're seeing today in medicine in the 60s. Wow. I mean, wow. exactly, how, it's more exactly like how it's happening. The privatization, corporatization. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Wow, it's a, that's crazy. It's, yeah, he told he told us he's just going to be a rat race. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa. All right, so I'll play the guitar then. Well, with it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no I it, 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 it's funny. It, it's funny when you think about parents because you know I was a flight instructor. I was teaching people how to fly airplanes when I was uh, what eighteen, nineteen years old, and I got a, a job with the regional airline when I was twenty three. You know, it's on corporate charters and freight. And so I think my my folks liked it that I was a captain or I was a flight instructor. I think that was whoa, whether I liked it or not, I don't know. But uh, they'd really liked if that mother son. You know. And and my brother, <laughs> my brother was is very you know my brother's been in National Geographic magazine and has been in, on TV and you know he's he's a very well known anthropologist and um, he's director of the Institute of Human uh, Origin and the, part of that Lucy expedition not part of the Lucy expedition but what happened afterward with the with the finding of that four million year old skeleton and I, I've held I've held 
our ancestors' remains in my hand that my brother brought back from the Hadar Valley in Ethiopia. I mean, just unbelievable. But anyway, so he was really well known, yeah. and, and so yeah. so I think I think my folks like well, they're, you know, because they're they're you know Bill Kimball's my brother's name. You can look him up. But anyway, he. Uh, um, you got Bill Kimball and, oh, and my one son's an anthropologist, one son's a pilot. And, hey, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. And then I said, you know, but I want to play guitar. Black and right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, want to, I, want, I want to sing Kumbaya and get paid for it. All right, all right. So I, 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 no complaints, by the way. No complaints. Kumbaya is a good song. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> you can sing when I was a kid, and then got tired of it right. by the time I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so I mainly called in to find out where this uh, Hollywood place is. Who? Oh. I think Who? you need to fire your headline writers. It's got live from Hollywood and the UK, coast to coast, oh, with I, yeah. Andy and Amanda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hollywood. Live from... I like that. What's the name of a movie we're producing? Hollywood. It's kind of oily and holy at the same time. (laughs) You got all those little little dinosaurs in the in the desert sucking the last petroleum out of the out of the out of the ground. (laughs) Oily woods. (laughs) Oily woods. Yeah, it's uh, actually it's it's uh, it's actually a suburb of Hollywood that a lot of people don't actually know about. But it, mm. uh, it's a little, it's a little town, and has little people living in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, I got mm-hmm. something I want to share with you. They raise ostriches, I, I think. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Oh. I think, I think they do. Yeah. I think they do. Oh. And they have, like, like the sign says, is ostriches, food or meat, pets are meat <laughs> or meat. Oh, I blew the line. Ah, oh, damn, <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> pets or meat, ostriches are uh. <laughs> so something I want to share with you guys, okay? Uh, well, you can't. Next, well, uh, anyway. Well, no. well, well, <laughs> you're gonna hear it, damn it! Yes. Come on, Andy. She's the boss. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yes. That would mm-hmm. be nice. No, I don't mean with Andy. I mean just yeah. I'm not thinking that anybody's ever called me that before. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I, I love what you talked about, Amanda. Yes, yes. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> oh, so you yes. know, I said that someone close to me got COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I expressed mm-hmm. that on the last show. Mm-hmm. So here's the situation: they did three home tests, okay, the lateral flow tests that mm-hmm. were given out by our government, and then the newest form, because the original form had the the swab at the back of the throat as well as up the nose, okay? So the, the latest one they've been given out is the one that just goes up the nose, and the waiting time to see the results is half, so only 15 minutes. So I was thinking, okay, why have they changed this kit? You know, I was very curious about it all. Anyway, so this person, I, I don't really want to express who they are on, on, on the air because, you know, I think they're, they're quite shy with that kind of thing, so I'm trying to be respectful. So they, um, I'm using that word they again, Andy. Please no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so hearing it. I'm hearing it. Yeah. I'll say I'll say she. Okay. She did three tests that said they were all positive for COVID, mm-hmm. and something wasn't right. She didn't have the three main symptoms. Okay, which was you know like the the loss of taste and smell. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other two? <laughs> mm. 
coughing the, and the, wheezing, I think. Yeah, that's the, it. That's it. The coughing the irrit- and the, the other the, one. Yeah. The irritation of the left pinky finger. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she didn't have the three main symptoms. However, she had the tight chest, continuous headache. Her whole body went weak and limp. Um, she was panicking a little, and, you know, the, the chest was starting to get tighter and tighter. So, of course, uh, having these tests, all proving, you know, or saying that she had COVID, she just thought, oh, well, crap, I better order, you know, uh, go and have a PCR test. So she ordered one through the post, and she did this PCR test, and that came back negative. So there was a lot of confusion, like, what's going on here? So they did two of the older tests from the home kits, mm-hmm. and that came back negative. So she's like, this is ridiculous. So she spoke to somebody on a health line, the National Health Service health line. And this nurse said to her, throw those kits out straight away. They're useless. Mm. They only detect about 6% uh, accuracy of COVID. 6%. Mm. She said, if you have a PCR test, you will uh, have about a 78 to 85% um, reading of it coming back positive if, if you are positive. So, you know, I was like, so the government is spending all this money on these tests that don't work, but yet now there's probably millions of people that's having these tests panicking, thinking they got COVID because they are inaccurate. So if you've got some sort of virus, what it is, it's oversensitive to that and it's actually picking up whatever virus you've got, thinking it's COVID and telling you you've actually got COVID. So I recommend for anybody listening... Please get a PCR test to be doubly sure. Um, and don't be silly and follow mm. my words and throw out all your kits. This is what somebody has told us on the health line, okay? If you want to mm. inquire for yourself, please do so, because I find this very important and frustrating that, you know, this, this poor person's gone through all this stress thinking they had COVID. And, you know, there's been a lot of confusion. So, And, and the fact that these tests are just... 6% accurate is disgusting. So mm. that was that. And then, you know, I said to you, I'm trying to get my booster shot um, mm. arranged. I can't do it for the level of money because apparently the NHS website crashed because hundreds of thousands of people have been trying to book their booster because Boris Johnson changed his mind from everybody having it uh, by the end of January to preferably everybody having it by the, the end of uh, December. And mm. now it's been uh, offered to younger people as well. So everybody's like trying to get this this uh, vaccine. And the walking centres have had hundreds of people just queuing for, for hours, up to four hours they've been waiting to try and get this uh, vaccine. So I'm getting a little nervous mm. by now because I'm meant to be travelling by the, the end of January and I want to try and get it before, you know, serious things kick off because yeah. I'm also saying now that, the, the two vaccines are not strong against the new variant at all because we've had one hospital. Well, let's start again. One hospitalisation, and we've got 22% of uh, all cases here in the UK now, um, which is the new variant. So it's it is spreading fairly quickly, but that's to be expected. Like we've all we all knew this was going to happen. But, you know, so it's it's a bit concerning at the moment with what's going on with all that. Everybody's panicking. Everybody's trying to get it done before Christmas because everybody wants to be covered and spend time with their family members and all that kind of thing. So uh, we're not called the United Kingdom right now. We're called United Chaos. I think that's what oh we should be known as. United no. Chaos. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, <laughs> and then as, as Andy's father was saying, 
over here, mm-hmm. if you want to get a COVID test, it can cost you anywhere from twenty dollars to eight hundred and fifty. With one hundred and twenty-seven dollars yeah. being the median cost. Whoa! And good luck getting your insurance company to pay for it, et right. cetera, et cetera. You see, yeah. because we have for-profit remedial sick care in the United States mm. rather than a health care system. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a good. Uh, actually, a musician I jam with every once in a while here is responsible for. I mean, you could get there. The COVID tests are free in, in California still. Actually, I think for a lot of places, their government still picks up the, the tab. But, and you know what they do now? They When you get a test or even your vaccine, they do collect your insurance card and they do bill your insurance company. If you don't have one, you get the vaccine anyway, and the government picks up the tab. But he was saying um, in L.A., he, he, he's, he's responsible for the coordination of funds from the federal government to the state to the city of L.A., and and it's a huge, I mean, huge and he's an attorney. That's what he, that's what he is. But that's that's his job. And uh, we we play guitar. He used to come over a lot more often than he does now. It's just yeah, between both of our schedules. But anyway, uh, he was yeah. here just a couple of weeks ago and telling me the the literally as you were saying the chaos uh, in in the funding. Who's going to pay? Where's you know? There's millions of people uh, uh, here and. You know, tests going on and vaccines going on, and and where is who's paying for this? Where is it coming in? Where who's got to pay? Who owes what for what? And it, it's absolutely crazy. It keeps right. Them emplo- it keeps them employed, of course, but but, but yeah, um, it, it's it's not so. As Chet was saying, you, the actual role, and then you, I was just I got my uh, booster shot at uh, Ralph's, which is a, the pharmacy, which is like a big you know supermarket with a, a pharmacy in, inside, you know. Um, yeah. And on the counter was a uh, do-it-yourself COVID test, fourteen ninety-five. You know, take it home and do it at home, that for right. fifteen bucks. Um, okay. That's the one Amanda's talking about, though. Yeah. yeah. That's the one. Right. Right. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And how's but, that? Do you happen to know if that new one is down? It's just the one that, that goes up your nose. Because I'd be interested if it was the same type of kit. Hmm. I, I don't know anything about it. All, all I saw oh, was the right, price. Okay. Do it at home, right, yeah. 14, $14.95. Well, I was, no, no idea. I, I just did a lookup, and, and I got a website, uh, the 20 best COVID tests. And I'll bet you know, 19 <laughs> of the 20 are probably scams. I mean, they're just cashing in. Wow. You know, oh, that's the other like thing. Like you said, eight percent—they they should be uh, thrown in jail for selling a test like that rather than making money. Yes, and and the thing is as well, that's the other thing that's in the news right now. The government has stopped sending out the tests because so many people have been trying to get hold of them, and that's what worries me now. Is now we've got Christmas coming up, and all these tests have been ordered, and they're stopping sending them out. It's like, if, how many people are going to have a, a cold or some sort of virus that naturally goes around which are still going around and it's all going to come back covid and then they're going to be jamming the health system with ringing up for a pcr test going to the hospital showing up at hospitals and it's just like it's ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i am stunned by all of this and when somebody's going through something as serious as that, because we all know that mind over matter a lot of the time as well. When you're ill, when you're sick, you know, how you think about yourself being ill plays a big part. So if you believe you're going to die from something, you're contributing to your immune system 
shutting down on mm-hmm. you. So if you're believing this test result is saying COVID, that person's going to have a meltdown. Oh, my God, I got COVID, you know, which is what happened to this person. And so, you know, they were, they were literally freaking out that they had COVID. And it was just such an awful situation. And the relief when it came back that, you know, it, they were actually negative, but they were there was the anger, of course, of finding out that it was only 6%. And uh, this person, whoever this health person is, you know, um, she could be wrong. She could be wrong. She could be given the wrong information. But I felt important to share with everybody to be wise to what's happening, to to check if you can. I mean, the last thing I want to do is contribute to our phone lines being jammed up with people panicking. But I'm also concerned about people's health and doing the right thing and finding out if you've truly got COVID. You know, mm. so yeah, of course, of course, of course. What of do course. you do? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a fine line. It, it it is. Do you know? I think I think we we talked about this on Friday's show. Um, less than one third. This is scary. You know, we have we have six sixty four percent of the population has been uh, vaccinated. One third of those. Well, no, that's this not that true. One third of the people who are eligible. Or booster shot, which means if you had um, the Pfizer, and I think it's six months, uh, Modelo is eight months, and I don't know, J&J's two weeks after, I don't know, whatever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're eligible for a, a booster. So one-third of the folks that are eligible have received their booster, one-third, which means that wow. over a period of time, as they wait longer and longer and longer, they're uh, their susceptibility to become infected and to have consequences of that infection of COVID become greater and greater and greater. So what, yes. it's just, you know what, we get asked, and, and we've had talked about this, had callers call, come in and, you know, is this ever going to go away? No. Ever. No, it isn't. The flu didn't. Exactly. I think the, the virus is always going to be around. However, how but, but we... To what extent, though? Yeah. To what ex- I mean, the, flu, the flu's been out there. Yeah, we do. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm my... Um, my my daughter uh, lost lost a friend who died of, of flu when uh, at, at eighteen or nineteen years old. I remember back then. But my goodness, uh, yeah. On, on I think the story. number I saw before COVID was that sixty thousand people per year in the United States died from the flu, but mostly older folks like me, <laughs> oh, <laughs> cardiac yeah. case, old folks kind of thing. But mm. yeah, sixty thousand people a year. Yeah from the flu, and we'll probably see that for maybe even Mm. more because it's such a brilliant But that means it's ever going away. We didn't see people walking around with with masks because of the flu. I mean, mean, maybe there may be a few, you know, but but basically, you know, you know know what I mean. Actually, one of the reasons that the flu deaths are down so far is because people are walking around wearing masks. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely exactly. right about that. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. God, it's crazy. I mean, think about this world we're living in now. It's oh my God. You know? Yeah. Gosh. So much yeah, is changing, isn't it? Is, it really is. It's just yeah. as dangerous as it's always been, but it's a lot more mobile now. It depends. You're on, absolutely if, right, it, Chad. It, it, it is mobile, but it depends on your carrier. You know, it depends if, you, if who your carrier is. Apple, uh, you know, I, you know, <laughs> a, a, a T-Mobile, 
you know, AT&T, you know. Verizon. Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great Bell Ferguson Airline and Storm Door Company uh, telephone. Right, right, right. right. You know, yeah. It's, it's, man, I don't know. Crazy well, apparently and, most of the COVID mm-hmm. patients that have been um, recently in hospital over here are actually unvaccinated people. And they're saying, you know, Ooh. do it now before it's Amen. too late. Because, you know, the, the variant is growing stronger. And if you're unvaccinated, I mean, they're saying that with two vaccinations, with this new variant, it's not looking likely that it will completely defend it. So they're saying that, you know, with the, the, the latest Pfizer booster, that, you know, you've got somewhat protection. But they're now saying that with two shots, it's not looking likely. So um, if these people have no vaccination, I hope they've got very good immune systems because... Yeah, you know, I would hate to see anybody get this and, you know, go through the tragedy of, of what it does to you. And it's it's horrific. I mean, what we went mm-hmm. through in these past two years, witnessing people and all these stories from doctors and nurses and, you know, actual patients that have been through this. And even hearing those that, are, that we know that's had this saying, oh, it's not nice at all. You know, it really took me off my feet. And uh, I thought I was going to die and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's horrible to hear. So, you know, in, in a way, I commend people for sticking to their their decisions because simply because of this. Not that I agree with it, but I admire them for sticking by something they truly believe in, regardless of how threatening. And, you know, this is. But at the same time, I think it's a little silly when, you know, it, the seriousness of it is just so ridiculously high and it's it's taken out people's lives left right and center and we've got this proof all around us and if anything now more and more people we know are getting this and that's proof alone that this is real that it is happening to people and you know we do need to protect ourselves from it Mm, yeah okay seriousness over (laughs) i need a i need a beer (laughs) you and me both you and me both i need a beer Yeah, Yeah, it really is. You know, know, this uh, insurrection, Congressional Insurrection Committee is getting deeper and deeper and deeper and starting to release more and more information about what they have. Kind of, I think we all know what they're kind of zeroing in on as they dot more I's and cross more T's here. But Mm -hmm. the former White House Chief of Staff, a guy named Mark Meadows, um, it was discovered, almost released. They knew about it for a while, but it was recently released. That he sent yeah. an email. This is during for the January sixth raid on our capital, right? He mm-hmm. said in his email that the National Guard would be president, be president, huh, would be present <laughs> to protect. <laughs> would <laughs> that's what they wanted? Yeah, uh, overthrow. <laughs> but would be present to protect the pro-Trump people. That, Whoa. that That the president would have the National Guard. Protect all those pro-Trumpers carrying Trump and Confederate flags onto our nation's capital. And wow. and, and, of, and of course, he he has been subpoenaed to testify before Congress and is not going. And has contempt and all this. You know, Trump told everybody nobody pay attention. Like what? He's an he's an ordinary citizen right now. He's got like you think he can still pardon him or something. You know what I mean? Like um, he's telling everybody ignore the subpoenas. You know, you get a, a subpoena from Congress. That's serious. I mean, nobody's ever been criminally. Uh, prosecuted, as far as I know, uh, for not uh, um, adhering to a, a congressional subpoena. Um, but um, they're doing it now. 
You know, they're yeah. now. And uh, um, I mean, you, you, it was just one thing after another, hearing all about the, the lead up and, and the things that Trump said and Mark Meadows and some other these the people surrounding the president at the time um, regarding the protections of these people and and waiting for two hours before the president did anything to even attempt to make a half-ass attempt to, to call them off, which he did two hours later after things started. In the meantime, he's watching it on TV. It's great delight what's going on in January 6th. And, uh, you know, it's unreal. And, and it's, it's amazing we're still talking about it. You know, it'll, believe it or not, I cannot believe that it's not, you know, a year anniversary is, is not, you know, it's close. You know, less, we're less than, a, less than a month away. Yeah. For one, you want anniversary. And wow. you know, in a way, we're kind of okay, moving on to the conversation. But they, you know, they got to, they're going to, they're going to find out. And and the reason why, I mean, you know, figure out who's criminally liable for this. And I think there are people who are criminally liable, and they will hopefully be brought to justice appropriately. Um, but they also want to say what what you know this can never ever ever happen again. So let's just figure out what were the components, what were the logistics, how did this thing happen, who talked to who, when, when you know, we don't want this ever to happen a- again. So let's figure out how it all laid out, and if we need to, let's let's put legislation in place that would prevent it from ever happening again. No president is allowed to orchestrate a coup. That's easy enough. Right. Why don't we just say that, then move yeah. on? <laughs> yeah right. I don't want to just say that. Okay, move on. Okay, next, let's talk about bettering America, bettering the people, bettering the education, bettering food, bettering yeah. transportation, better you know, all these things we got to improve. But as uh, as Chet said, <laughs> global warming. Look what's going on. Look what's going on with the, with the. We just at the beginning of our show, we were talking about the tornado alley moving up, moving up and moving out, getting out of town, trying to find some new areas to conquer. You know, Kentucky. Yeah, holy yeah. crap! That's that's way north. And so anybody who goes out there knows no global. You know, we we have videos and proof that that glaciers are melting and drifting, and the ocean temperature is changing, and the ocean levels are rising. All these things are happening. It's not that they that they wouldn't happen. All right. You, I mean, there are people out there. Well, this is normal, but the rate of change is what they're measuring. And suddenly, if you start right. seeing some spikes and changes in that rate. Not in change because the Earth is forever changing. Of course, of course it is. Until until it no longer is here, it's going to be continuing to change. But the rate yeah. of those, the, what, how, and when, and where, and the rate of change is what's being measured and documented as and is true and is real. Global warming is real. And how you get these idiots who go on conservative talk shows and radio and Fox News and Newsmax and, and all these other things? It's, it's all myth. We have scientists that say this, and, and you know why? Hey, hey, Amanda, do you remember, I think it was on Wednesday's show last week when we talked about these supposed scientists that come out of the woodwork who, who, who uh, say things on be, to, on, that can be uh, admired by conservative talk show and conservative oh, news outlets? Do we, do we remember yes. what that one little short word is about these scientists that come out and say these things and why they come out and say it? Remember that discussion? I vaguely remember that discussion. I can't remember the word. I've got to be honest. <laughs> the, word, the, the word, the word was. Wait, wait, a whole second. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I got to do this right. Do, 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 do. Bear with me here. Bear with me here. This. Okay. I can't think. I got. I got to do this right. If we're going to do this, we got to do it right. You know what I'm saying? Tension is building. Absolutely. Build, build that tension. Okay. All right. Um, oh, tell me I can't find it. Oh, come on, Andy. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, bear with me here. Bear with me. I know it's here. Here he comes to save the day. Yes. 
Okay, maybe alphabetical order. I'll do it that way. Here we go. Oh. I think I got it. I think I got it. Oh. I think I got it. Search. Okay, here we go. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. For 10 points, there is a human, a, a character within human beings that can drive some people more than others. That is also what. Gets oh, ego. Relatively. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I feel good. I feel yeah. You get what the curtain with Carol Merrill is now standing behind. I get Carol Merrill. Anyway, um, oh. so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my days. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you, anyway, you get all these. Uh, hey, we have scientists that say there's no global warming. It's all. But uh, who who are they? Who where do these people come from? You know, and you know. Oh, suddenly they're they're in the headlines. Suddenly they're on the radio. Suddenly they're being interviewed. Woo we. Okay, wow. so who's being paid to say either we have or we haven't? Because one of them is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or here's a chance to get on that to get 15 minutes of fame by saying, you know what, uh, I, I'm a PhD and a scientist and a professor here at this whatever it is, or I have this, or, or I know somebody, whatever. And uh, the, that documentation, uh, there's nothing that could significantly or substantially prove that global warming is real. But the truth of the matter is, and the reality of it is, I mean, if you're here in the physical world, living every day is as, as real as we are here, that's how real global warming is. That's how real it is. It's happening. And, and if we don't do something about it, then uh, I don't know. What are we going to do? We'll, we'll, we'll do the best we can here on this show, but I don't think it's going to make a big difference, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Carol Merrill is, is, is uh, 80 years old now. I changed my mind. Oh, really? She, she's 80 yep. years old. She'll be 81 now. on January 19th. Well, oh, I know some people who... Uh, I'd rather enjoy it myself. Yeah, well, you go ahead. Not me. <laughs> yeah. We're not getting wow. any younger either. No, You know we're not. <laughs> you, you know, I, I look around, as I look around, you know, and I, I see rising, emerging music and musicians and actors and politicians. And and a lot of them, you know, it's spooky because a lot of them, Chet, are a lot younger than you and I. I don't know about Amanda. Thank you. you know, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the show has been think... very kind to me today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, you see, but as you as you grow older chronologically, I'm not growing up mentally because I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. So anyway, as you grow older <laughs> chronologically. Um, you, you, you look because you feel the same. I mean, I'm, I feel this. I could be 25 mm-hmm. or 30 or whatever. I, I don't feel any different. But the fact of the matter is, your life, your span, your existence is going shorter and shorter and shorter every single day. You know, and it's it's kind of scary in a way. I mean, it's kind of you're like, was this real? And then you see people on YouTube and TV and everywhere and all these, you know, new even I don't care, new actors, new news anchors. I mean, pick your new milkman. I don't care, whatever. Um, <laughs> that, are, that, are, that are and they're all younger than you. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, it gets scarier. Almost everybody that's dying now is young, almost younger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. really kind of shocked by uh, 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 
the the monkey. Um, oh gosh. The monkey's hey hey. Was the monkey? Old, I can't remember. Uh, 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 Mike Nesmith died yeah. the other oh. day. He died. Oh. Yes. Yes. Oh my yes, God! I just nice. I just saw a YouTube video. Of, I didn't. I just saw a YouTube video of a monkey reunion. It was just him and Mickey Dolans with the backing band, and and Mike Nesmith. Yep. Uh, was sitting in a height in a chair, and he got up and sang. And then he sat back down, and he looked at a very, very old man. He looked older than I thought he was. And Mickey Dolan. And then before that, I saw a YouTube video of the entire band, excluding Michael Nesmith, never participated except for one concert they did at Wembley Stadium. He was there for that reunion of the Monkeys. He, mm-hmm. he. Oh my God. Well, that's something wow. we got to address. Well, Mickey, I think we'll address that on Wednesday's show, Amanda. I think we're going to do a Monkey special. Yeah. Oh my God. Mickey, Mickey did say it was really good that Mike could go do that tour. That it really was good for him. How old do you know how old he was? Chet, do you know how old he was? 78. What did he die from? I see. That's, that's not. What did he die from at 78 years old? Do you know? Uh, I, just a second. I'll look, I'll look it up. Good, look it up. Meantime, now those monkey songs. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and I'm not <laughs> stepping stone, and I'm a believer, and Mary, Mary, where are you going to? Uh, oh, yeah. Remember? Everybody I, loves I, the monkeys I, here. I'm not doing it. I, I'm making, uh, I heard uh, Bob Dylan is doing a monkey's tribute album. Hey, hey, me. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it looks mm-hmm. like. About the same thing that's probably going to take me out. He, he had quadruple bypass surgery in 2018. Mm. And mm. he probably had. Oh, no. The it's heart, not going to happen. Heart to just wasn't, wasn't working right. So oh. I'm, I'm a little better off. I have 50% heart. So. Chet, you, you don't go anywhere. Darling, Chet. you've got 150% heart, my darling. This, you this world amazing. needs you, Chet. You're not going nowhere. Nowhere. You're, Absolutely. You're, this world and this show needs you. You can't, you can't go anywhere. We're not letting you. That's you right. Just, you take, None of that. You take care of yourself. fulfilled prophecy nonsense. Okay. Here. <laughs> you, you understand? Okay. I'm serious, Stick man. Around. You take care. Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> and first, we've got to do the tour well, together. I don't plan we're, on it. You know, you were talking, Amanda, about about state of mind. When I had that massive heart attack that usually kills people back in 2018, mm. I remember this one time I'm lying in the helicopter in agony being flown to the hospital, and I had this flash across my brain that was, wow, this could kill me. And then wow. I went, I went, Nah, I'm not ready to go. <laughs> so I wow. stayed alive instead. But wow! Yeah, it's like mm. State of mind. I just yeah. refused to die of it that time and hope. That's maintain amazing, that though. So I believe that. I believe in that so much because there's so much science that proves it as well. There really is. Well, that you know, it's making having stuff to do. You know, I'm looking at my calendar here, and we've got like <laughs> okay. we've got like you know nine gigs this month, nine ten gigs. We just well, at least you know, a half of yeah. them are five hour, five hour shows, and so we I can't go now. I got all this work to do. Yeah, hmm. I understand. I understand. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to just dedicate one show at some point in the near future 
to go looking into all of that because I, I love the whole idea of the power of the mind, what we're capable of. You know, it's incredible because you hear about those people, don't you, that have seen people in accidents, like somebody being crushed by a car, and they've gone over, and this person's lifted up a car with almost like superhuman strength. In that moment, something mm-hmm. just triggered in them that gave them that strength, that one single thought that fired off something that gave them that strength to lift that car to get that person out, and they can't do it ever since. And you know, it's well, just that's um, incredible. And then another mm. points out another failure of our healthcare systems, especially in Great Britain and the United States, because they tend to ignore the mind-body connection. Yes. Mm-hmm. That you know, uh, it's a complete uh, whole hol- holistic system. Right. And if you're just treating the symptoms of the physical part you're not likely to actually affect cures, which is a good thing in the United States because cures are, are hurt profit. But Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. This, this complete, you know, that would be a good, great discussion, really get into uh, a little more into the yeah. weeds on the mind-body connection and how how significantly our our spirit and and interest in life and all that has an effect on our health. Uh, for one example, if I can give you an example of, there was a time when, okay, this is not very nice for men, obviously, but when a woman menstruates, obviously she's losing blood, right? So she's losing iron at the same time. And there was a time when I was literally going to go into hospital from being anemic. I didn't know I was anemic. I just started to feel extremely tired because my cycle lasted for nearly three months. And I went to the doctor and I said, something's yes, something's wrong. Hmm. You know, I shouldn't be going through this for three months. And uh, he did a blood test and he said, oh, my goodness. He said, it's a good job you came to me now. He said, in, in a couple of days a week, you could have been in hospital seriously ill. And um, I was like, oh, wow, okay. But prior to that, he said, have you been taking any um, supplements or anything to give you iron? I said, well, no, but it's funny you should say that because for some reason, and this was leading up to me having my period, my, I felt like I kept getting this craving to eat red meat. And I, you know, mm. I was like, where has this craving come from? It was very strong. And it was like, okay, so thinking back, could my body have been telling me, well, you know, you're about to experience this. Um, we need you to get as much iron as possible, you know, because the craving was very, very strong. And I wanted to eat a lot of it. Um, and, you know, you hear pregnant mm-hmm. women, when they go through uh, the pregnancy, will start eating things they've never eaten before. And it's given their body what it needs. And they don't realize at the time that that's what's happening. Mm. I mean, women used to eat coal to get the benefit from the stuff that was coal, which is sounds disgusting, <laughs> but it happens. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's incredible. <laughs> well, that, that sort of points out the general ignorance about the mind-body connection. Mm. You know, people that, what, you're eating ice cream and pickles? What What's wrong with you? Instead of, oh, of course. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, very true, very true. There's a lot yeah. lot to be said for it. There's a lot of evidence out there for it. <clears throat> yes, darling, you were about to say something, weren't you? I, I was. Uh, we're, out, we're out of time. 
<laughs> we really are. Uh oh. <laughs> so, yes. Text me about the about the mind body connection show. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll, let's do that, Amanda. We'll we'll put that in the works. Um, I bet we, we are get live from. Yeah, I bet, oh, I'm sure we will. We'll publicize that in advance. And we are live from Ho- 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 Hoylywood, Hoylywood, and the <laughs> UK. Yeah. Our special ah, guest and friend of the show is <laughs> Chet Gardner, who's an incredible musician himself and producer and bass player and guitar player and singer and songwriter. And, 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 you know, a very talented guy. What can I say? Over in Hawaii and um, great having Chet back on board with us here from time to time. Just, Chet, don't be afraid to call in, man. And we're here Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at... What time? 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I say that because we are in 23 countries around the world, so the time is going to be different from wherever you guys are listening or girls listening to the show. And our number to get on at that time is 515-605-9888. Feel free to contact the show at andyandamandashow at gmail.com. Please do also visit us on the web at andyandamandashow.com. Dot com. That being said, we got to get out of here. We'll be back on Wednesday. And Amanda, I guess it's time to say goodbye again. Thanks very much, Chet. Absolutely. Right. Aloha. Uh, aloha. On behalf of Andy Kimball in California, Hollywood, and myself, Amanda Love here in United Chaos. And uh, thanks again to Chet for joining us from Hawaii. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. And uh, catch us again on Wednesday for some more fun. Speak take soon care, and take care. Bye. Never would have hitchhiked to Birmingham if it hadn't been for love. Never would have caught the train to Louisiana if it hadn't been for love. Never would have run through the blinding rain without one dollar to my name if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. Never would have seen the trouble that I'm in if it hadn't been for love. Would have been gone like a wayward wind if it hadn't been for love. Nobody knows it better than me. I wouldn't be wishing I was free if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. But cold walls against my will, at least I know he's lying still. Never would have gone to that side of town if it hadn't been for love. Never would have took a mind to track him down if it hadn't been for love. Never would have loaded up a 44 and put myself behind a jailhouse door if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. Fuck old walls against my will.
ever would have hitchhiked to Birmingham if it hadn't been for love. Never would have caught the train to Louisiana if it hadn't been for love. Never would have loaded up a 44 and put myself behind a jailhouse door if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. If it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for love. If it hadn't been.